Friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we, re- where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day everybody, my name is Will Moala. I'm the pastor of the Paravista and Gawler Seventh-day Adventist Churches in South Australia. Thank you for joining us. Just want to also apologize. Just had a little bit of a technical glitch there uh, and we've sorted things out. And so uh, we appreciate your patience and uh, we're almost halfway normally through our normal segment. But you know what? Uh, we've had a couple of um, technical glitches, but we are back and we are ready to go. So appreciate your patience with us today. So back to the show. This week's theme here in Drive Time BQ&A is how reasonable is a biblical Worldview, and that is our theme uh, for the rest of this week. How reasonable is a biblical worldview? And today, my co-host and I were attempting to answer the question: What actually is a biblical worldview? And more than that, do all churches have a biblical worldview? And so, today, my co-host in the studio with me today is Pastor Ricardo Sheffer. And some of you regular listeners have um, know Pastor Ricardo, but if you're new to our show today, Pastor Ricardo is the pastor of the Prospect International and Elizabeth SCA churches in South Australia. And Pastor Ricardo, it's always good to be in the studio with you today. Thank you so much. Uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah. So um, we had a bit of a, a glitch there today, but uh, technology seems to do that. But, um, you know, we we pray and we trust that uh, all things that the Bible says is working together for good. And so we're just going to keep plowing along and we pray that God will indeed bless uh, the rest of our show. So, Pastor, I was thinking because of the time factor, I thought we might be a good idea to maybe uh, we might just skip the World Watch segment. Yes. Just so we can uh, maybe have a little bit bit of time to catch up with uh, some of our content because I'm really excited about what we're going to be looking at today, this idea of a biblical worldview. Mm. And so um, so today we're going to do that. So what we might do is, Pastor Ricardo, we normally do the World Watch segment and then we go to our book offer, we have a song. So why don't we do things a little bit different today? We'll just jump straight into the first segment of your content, looking at this idea of biblical worldview, then and uh, then we want to um, obviously give a, a chance for our listeners out there uh, to grab uh, our free book offer today. And so so I think we're just going to jump right in, Pastor Ricardo. So uh, we're looking at the theme, Pastor Ricardo, how reasonable um, is a biblical worldview? And today, um, really love to hear your thoughts on, I guess we're starting the, the show actually for the week. Uh, so what is a biblical worldview? And... Uh, from your experience and from your research and your study, Pastor Ricardo, um, when we look at all the churches, uh, the various different stripes and persuasions within the Christian church, do all churches have a biblical worldview? And that's a pretty, it seems like a logical answer. Well, of course, mm-hmm. but um, hoping to, yeah, loving to hear what you have to say on that. So, Pastor Ricardo, why don't you walk us through this, this, this uh, question we're looking at? What is a biblical sure. worldview and what do churches, do they all have a biblical worldview? Very interesting, very interesting, because uh, we all call ourselves Christians, do we? And Absolutely, yeah. We should all have a, a Christian or biblical worldview. So, uh, yes, there are numerous worldviews for people to choose from, uh, with a biblical worldview just being one of those options. A biblical worldview refers to consistently interpreting and responding to life situations based on biblical principles and teachings. Right. 
So this is when we bring a biblical perspective into our profession, our church, our family, uh, our relationships in general. So everywhere yeah. we go, we have the Bible as a as a guide. Um, I guess the question is: Is it important for a Christian to have a biblical worldview? Right. Well, um, the Bible says in Proverbs fourteen verse twelve, "There is a way that seems right to a man, yeah. but its end is the way of death, or the way of destruction." Yeah. As other translations say, we may think that we have uh, the truth or the best uh, perspective, but we can make mistakes. Yeah. In the same way, Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you. And I take that as a promise from God to us. Yeah. You will hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. So right there, God is promising us guidance. Yeah. Direction. Amen. Whenever we turn to the wrong way, he says, If you're willing to, of course, I will direct your path. Wow. Right? Awesome. And also Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. It says in the words of Jesus, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So um, based on the words of Jesus, would it be safe to follow the majority? I don't know, probably probably not. <laughs> <laughs> right there, Jesus is telling us, you know, many are those who go through the, uh, yeah. through the, um, the broad way and that leads to destruction. So yeah. it is not safe, obviously, to, to follow the majority. And oftentimes throughout the Bible, the minority were those who, follow, yeah. who followed God, not the majority. So um, I want to talk about a survey that was done in 2020 a national survey about the worldview of Americans. And um, today the world has shrunk so much and we are so interconnected that whatever happens in the U.S. is pretty much yeah, the same. Ripple effect. You know, the numbers are pretty close. So a national survey about the worldview of Americans, which was released in March 2020, shows that although 7 out of 10 consider themselves to be Christian, only 6%, believe it or not, actually possess a biblical worldview. Wow. And I don't, as I said, I don't think Australia is far away from, from these numbers. The study was conducted in January 2020 by veteran researcher George Barna, director of research at the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. A nationally representative sample of 2,000 adults participated in the survey. The research known as the American Worldview Inventory, was actually the first wave of an annual survey conducted by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. The first one was in 2020 then. The assessment is based on 51 worldview questions examining both beliefs and behavior. And I think this is so important because, you know, um, they are all interconnected. So this study not only measures beliefs, but also the application of those beliefs, our behavior, in other words, because people do what they believe. Right. And that's exactly what the Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, so whatever our values are, that will 
determine our behavior. Barna called it, that survey, the most sophisticated nationwide survey of worldview conducted in the United States. And I'm going to share with you some of the results, which I think are eye-opening. Only 21% of those attending evangelical Protestant churches have a biblical worldview. 21%. Wow. As compared to 16% of those attending charismatic or Pentecostal churches. It's pretty low, 21%. <laughs> Very low, one-fifth, one-sixth wow. of, of all members attending. The study finds even smaller proportions in other groups. For example, it showed that only 8% of mainline Protestants, these are of a theologically liberal and progressive persuasion, uh, only 8% of mainline Protestants and 1% of Catholics have a biblical worldview. It is not coincidence that these two segments or two groups typically place less trust in the reliability of the Bible. Wow. Huh? So the, the, how much you believe in the Bible has a lot to do in, your, in the shaping of your worldview. So, so Pastor, uh, Pastor Ricardo, is it just, I just thought of me well worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. When you're saying and when we're talking about biblical worldview, uh, are we saying essentially they believe the Bible? Is that what we're kind of saying in this? Uh, yes, or we're believing more than that. Okay, more. If you than. can believe in the Bible as a book of reference, right, or a book of, as a devotional book for your life, but not as the word what? infallible word okay. of God. Yeah, you see. So uh, when you believe in the Bible, so coming back to your your mm. the research here, so you get what you just said earlier. Only eight percent of mainline Protestants and only one percent of Catholics have a biblical worldview. So, that is quite... Very low. Very low. One percent. One in every 100, imagine So, So, obviously, on the flip side, that's 99% of within this particular faith group do not have a a biblical biblical worldview. Wow, that's that's pretty alarming. Yeah. I mean, okay, keep going, keep going. Basically, whenever they want to interpret what's happening in the world, whenever they want to react to some situations in life, they don't take the Bible into account. Interesting. They just reason themselves, and well, the Bible is just a good reference, perhaps. So <laughs> that's what it means. Wow. Um, so yeah, and and then it says here that the number of American adults holding a biblical worldview has declined by fifty percent over the last twenty-five years. Fifty percent. Wow. Regarding the youngest adult generation, the numbers are even more startling. A mere two percent of those 18 to 29 years old possess a biblical worldview, just 2%. Wow. Ecclesiastes, I want to share with you this verse. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1 says, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. That's so important that the youth have that uh, appreciation for the Word of God before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Um, it's very important that we become acquainted with the Word of God, His promises, yeah. and that we value it so that we can uh, develop a, a biblical worldview yeah. in our younger years. As might be expected, church alignments were directly related to the worldview of its members. For example, 
people associated with Christian churches that have a high view of the Bible, as we were mentioning, right, right. like, uh, for example, believing that the Bible is the inspired true word of God and is a reliable guide for life, were much more likely to have a biblical worldview than were people attending other types of churches. Okay. So it has a lot to do with how we view the Bible, how we respect the Word of God. Another group, born-again Christians, a segment defined in part by their acceptance of scriptural exhortations regarding sin, grace, and salvation. You know, they yeah. regard that as uh, important things. Uh, they were three times more likely than average to have a biblical worldview. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, right there we can see the more we read the Bible, the, wo- the more we regard it as the Word of God, yeah. the more biblical our worldview yeah. will be. And yeah. that will determine our reactions to everything that happens in life. And that's exactly what the Bible claims to be, our guide and only rule of faith. Second Timothy three sixteen yes. seventeen. We find the the Paul uh, the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, that young pastor of the churches in Ephesus. It says, "All Scripture, not just yeah. part of it, but all Scripture, right. is given by inspiration of God, not just by man's opinions, but but by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness." that the men and women of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yeah. So important. Yeah. The Bible is not just a book of reference. It's a book that our lives depend on. Yeah. And I think it's one of those texts, as you and I would know, Pastor Ricardo, when, we, when we're sitting down with people and we're opening the Bible and, and they're on a journey of wanting to learn about God, mm-hmm. often it's those first few times we sit down with them, we want to really establish the credibility of the Bible and the authority of the Bible. True. And this text, you know, I remember when I was at Avondale, they, we did a class on this type of thing. And um, I remember the lecturer saying that when you're giving a Bible study, now this is a little bit more closer to what we do, but, right. but he was talking about there are some texts that are non-negotiables. <laughs> so like funny. if you're giving a topic or you're giving a talk on a particular topic, and I remember this was... One of the non-negotiables when we talk about the inspiration of Scripture because it's very clear about Mm. um, what Bible claims and what Paul is saying about the Scriptures. Yes, totally agree. If we don't establish the authority of the Bible first, then how can we base other studies upon the Bible? Yeah, that's very true. Um, Another thing that we have in this survey, very interesting, the largest segment of people who describe themselves as Christian is what they call a notional Christian. Those who self-identify as Christian and who do not embrace eternal salvation through a personal confession of sin and acceptance of Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Interesting. Wow. Honestly. (laughs) They want to be called Christians, but without Christ, pretty much. So, okay. So that's an actual term, Ricardo, a notional. Notional. By name, I, maybe, by title. I have to confess, I don't think yeah. I've I've heard that term before. I thought you mm. you might have been talking about nominal Christian, but no, this is Notional. a di- different one. Probably are those that are Christians because their parents and grandparents were Christians. You know, I can't help but think, Pastor Ricardo, what a the irony and the it's, it's on the one hand self identify as a Christian. What's the core of Christianity? It's salvation through grace. 
by faith in, in the Lord Jesus. Yeah. But you're, what you're saying is they identify as Christian, but don't embrace yeah. salvation or eternal salvation through a personal confession. <laughs> of, wow. They had to name them somehow. <laughs> I know they shouldn't, that, that shouldn't be called Christianity because so, it's so all now about Christ. Now our discussion today is it's getting a bit of, you know, you're forming a bit of a picture because mm. at the outset of the show, to be open with you, I was like, of course Christians hold a biblical worldview. <laughs> and really. yet you're saying that, uh, the data is saying that there are Christians who either have a very low uh, estimation of the Bible or as you just read now, mm-hmm. even their very understanding of, of the person of Jesus and yes. and accepting the gift of God, but they want the name Christians. That's they just don't. Crazy. They just don't want to deal with the uh, um, the salvation process. The, yeah. you know, uh, leaving sin behind, right. overcoming that. That's not for for them. Okay, so they are no notional Christians, and it says there that notional Christians constitute fifty fifty four percent of U.S. adults. Who describe themselves as Christian, uh, and as a result, not, it's not surprising. It says very few notional Christians, that is, only one in one thousand, have a biblical worldview. Wow. No wonder if if you don't want to uh, have anything to do with Christ and His salvation plan, yep. uh, then you're not going to have a, a biblical worldview, right? Now, interestingly. This was prophesied in the Bible. Isaiah had a lot of prophecies for his time and the end of times yeah. as well. And Isaiah 4 verse 1 is one of those cases. It says, And in that day seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own food and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. And I like this verse. It's mm. clearly s- describing the situation nowadays. Um, in prophecy, and we're not going to deal with that now, but just let me mention that uh, a woman represents a church. Yeah. The number seven represents totality or perfection. Um, food is also uh, representing the word of the God. Word of God yeah. Right? And our apparel represents justice or righteousness. The Bible says that we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. The garments yeah, or, yeah. or apparel means righteousness. So if, if we translate that, it would say something like, in the last days, all these churches yeah. <laughs> shall take hold of one man, Jesus Christ, saying, we will eat our own Bible. Don't teach us the yeah. Bible. And we will have our own way of justification or being forgiven. We don't want to go through the process described yeah. in the Bible, you know. We will justify ourselves. Only let us be called by your name, Christians, to take away our reproach. Yeah. Can you see that's happening Yeah, now? absolutely. Absolutely. It is happening. So a lot of people are interested in just a name, Christian, but they don't want to do with the teachings of Christ. So somewhere along the line, Pastor Ricardo, there is, a, according to the Banner Research, there's, there is elements within various strands of Christianity that on the one hand they profess to follow Jesus and profess to be a Christian, mm-hmm. but they may not be as ready to accept and practice mm-hmm. and uphold the, the teachings of Scripture, mm-hmm. which is it's ironic really. And it's mm. I don't want to e- expand more, but like you said, there is more to it than just 
Mm. You know, uh, just that it at face value, there's obviously yeah. um, there's a spiritual element there within that's causing people within the Christian church to to stray from yes. the Bible. And we, yeah, they think themselves as having progressed to a different level, so they they don't they don't have to to follow the Bible. They have yeah. their own reasoning. Um, so the study also showed that. The younger a person was, the less likely they are to possess a biblical worldview. That means 9% of Americans, 50 or older, have a biblical worldview, compared to just 5% of those in their 30s or 40s, and a mere 2% of those 18 to 29 years old. Wow. Right? How important it is um, to have a worldview that is biblical from the beginning. That's why Second Timothy, and I'll maybe finish with that before the break. Second uh, Timothy three fourteen to fifteen says again, Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy, yes. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood, it says here, from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. Very important to know the scriptures and value them since uh, you're a child. Yeah. You know? Um, if I may add something here, the research conducted over the years by Barna regarding worldview development suggests that people being, de- uh, uh, sorry, that people begin developing their world worldview very early in life and continue to refine and integrate their world worldview through their 20s. And again, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and he, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. How important it is, uh, dear parents who are listening, to train up your child, um, you know, before it's too late, uh, in the ways of the Lord. Well, I, I think we're going to have to stop there just, just for a brief moment, uh, Pastor Ricardo, but Hey, I'm really loving the, you know, what you're saying today. Well, I wouldn't say loving in terms of loving the, the results of these, these findings. Mm. But, you know, as pastors and as people who want to see people grow in their relationship with God and encouraging people to, to have a, an intimate relationship with God through the scriptures and through the, the practices of, of the Bible, it's quite alarming. I'll be open with you, Pastor Ricardo. It's alarming to think that there are, uh, segments uh, within Christianity that uphold to this type of, uh, you know, understanding. So, um, and I think that's why we're, um, you know, unpacking this not just today, but with the rest of our group for the rest of this week. And so, uh, so Pastor Ricardo, we're just going to have to just pause there just for a moment. Sure. Um, I just want to promote our free book offer before we, um, before we go to the break, it's uh, a book by uh, a pastor. His name is Peter Gregory. And uh, the title of the book is How to Study Your Bible. And uh, Peter says it's one thing to believe the Bible. As you were saying, Pastor Ricardo, it's one thing to believe the Bible and accept that it's a message from God. And that's all fine and good. But it's quite another thing to know how to read it, to study it, and to discover the divine message uh, within it. So if you're listening out there today and you would, uh, love, uh, you would like to receive a free copy of the book, How to Study Your Bible, uh, by Pastor Peter Gregory, why don't you text us, uh, the code today in the studio, SA100, and you need to text that code to 04888 
0811. So once again, if you'd like a free copy of the book, How to Study Your Bible by Pastor Peter Gregory, and uh, you will love this book. Peter is someone who loves the Bible, and you will be richly blessed by his insights. Please text the code. SA100, no gaps in between, SA100 to the number 04888-80811. Our friendly bot will get in touch with you and uh, get your details, and then uh, we will get that book out to you as soon as we can. So please don't go away. We've still got a bit more to go in our show today. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. It doesn't seem quite right to say goodbye, my friend But there's a work to be done to tell the world that he is love If I don't see you here again My brother, I'll see you when we get there God's great mercy be forever with you Courage, courage until we get there We are here for just a little while My sister, God surely gives beautiful gifts You are dear to my heart Reminding me of his caring love Fellow pilgrim will still be taking the same way home Even though oceans apart Still be fighting the same fight together If I don't see you here again My sister, I'll see you when we get there God's great mercy Forever with you Courage, courage until we get there We are here for just a little while For the blessed hope we have has to be known by all our family So our Father can finally take us home I'll be praying for you that he will hold and keep you through Till he comes and he is coming soon Brother, sister, I'll see you when we get there God's great mercy be forever with you Courage, courage until we get there A little while We are here for just a little while That was Melissa Otto. See you when we get there is the title of that song. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Beer Q&A with myself, Pastor William Mawala, and my co-host today in the studio, Pastor Ricardo Sheffra. He is the pastor of the Elizabeth and Prospect International Churches, SDA churches in South Australia. So if you're ever here in this part of town, we'd love to, uh, love to see you. <laughs> so, Pastor Ricardo, we've got a few minutes to go in our program today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, before the break, we're looking at some very sobering statistics of the, uh, Christian churches in regards to whether it, uh, 
adherence to the Christian faith actually adopt and apply a Christian worldview. And mm. to be open with you, I was talking to you in the break, Pastor Ricardo, that I'm, I'm actually quite alarmed at these statistics that there is this type of trend, uh, not just trend, but it's actually yes, it's very embedded in a lot of um, various Christian denominations. So, so, Pastor, before the break, you're talking a little bit about... Um, uh, you were mentioning Proverbs about uh, the text says, train up a child in the way he should go. So, yeah, take us where we left mm-hmm. off. Uh, you're talking about the scriptures and you're, you're sharing quite a few scripture references to say, hey, this thing was actually, this uh, this was predicted. You, you're mentioning the, a text in Isaiah chapter 4 just uh, before mm-hmm. the break. So why don't you walk us through towards the end of the show today? Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything more regarding this question we're looking at today? What is a biblical worldview? And do all churches have a biblical worldview? Indeed, indeed. So uh, probably the next bit of information will be interesting for parents, Christian parents who want to raise their kids uh, having a a biblical worldview. Uh, According to the survey, while there are many influences that affect the worldview people embrace, the most dominant influences are family, media messages, public policy, schooling, and peer influence or peer pressure. Yeah. So um, as parents, uh, as Christian parents, we should guard the, our kids in those areas, how they are spending their time in, in yeah. social media, the friends that they have at school, uh, how we teach them in the family about the Bible, etc. And the Bible confirms this when it says in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three very simply, do not be deceived. Yeah. Evil company corrupts good habits. Yeah. Very simple. Proverbs 13 verse 20 also says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Right. You will not be able to walk away from that situation unharmed. Yeah. You know, you spend time with foolish people, you'll be affected yeah. one way or another. Not surprisingly... Moving on to a different aspect of the survey, political leanings were related to people's worldview as well. Among adults who are politically conservative, 16% have a biblical worldview. Wow. That far exceeded the proportion among political moderates, which with 3%, and liberals only 1%. 1% of liberals have um, a biblical worldview. Right. Yeah? Now, I don't want to talk about politics here, but the point is that your worldview will determine how you want your country to be governed. Mm. And if the majority of people in any given nation don't uphold a biblical worldview, inevitably, God will be taken away from the picture, right? And I'm not advocating for enforcement of religion at all. Remember that one of God's principles is freedom of choice. But if... Biblical values were displayed or modeled by our leaders. What a positive influence that would have in our youth and in the rest of society. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Um, So based on his past worldview studies, George Barna, who has been one of the pioneers in the field engaging in such research for more than 25 years, noted that the results of the current studies continue the pattern he has seen developing. That means, in his own words, he said, a quarter century ago, we had as much as 12% of the adult population holding a biblical view. Since that time, we have seen a steady reduction in the incidence. 
the current level, just 6%, which is literally half of the level when we started measuring this, is the lowest yet. Wow. So, so it's, it's, it's declined by, yeah. Yeah, no, no change in that. Barna refers to someone um, with a biblical worldview as right. an integrated disciple. Okay. Uh, because they have blended their intellectual acceptance of biblical principles into their physical application of those perspectives. In other words, they are integrated disciples of Jesus Christ because they have translated their ability to think like Jesus into ways of living like him as well, everywhere they go. So a worldview is the intellectual, moral, emotional, and spiritual filter through which a person sees and responds to the world. It's like, right. you know, when you're wearing um, blue sunnies, you see yeah. everything blue. Yep. You're wearing green sunnies, you see everything green. So when you're wearing the, the glasses or the lenses of the Bible, you see everything through the perspective yeah. of biblical principles, Correct. which is what this um, survey is um, talking about. And so a person's worldview is important because it shapes how we make sense of and participate um, in the world around us. In other words, your worldview is the accumulation of your most important beliefs and it influences every part of um, a person's life from values, morals, and goals and to relationships, right. emotions, finances, and ideology. And because your worldview affects every decision you make, worldview also affects every area of influence in our culture, such as um, education, the family, yep. religion and faith, government and politics, arts and entertainment, news and information, media and, and business and commerce, and everything is affected by our world worldview. Right. Um, now, this is interesting because what happens when uh, we spend a lot of time being influenced by by something different than the Bible? Second Corinthians 3.18, it says this, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Being transformed implies the idea of, of, of a process, yeah. process, right? Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So by beholding, we become, become changed. changed. Yeah, definitely. Right. So um, the biblical worldview is based on truth, Claims uh, and principles from the Bible influencing a person's belief and actions. So the more time we spend in the Bible, the more influenced our characters will be. Yeah. The more we will be transformed into the same, you know, biblical culture. Yeah. Uh, and so the biblical counsel is in Romans twelve two: Do not be conformed to this world. Mm. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is in our minds where we have our worldview. So yeah. renew our mind by spending time with Jesus. Do not be conformed to this world that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. You see that the world says it's about what you want, but the Bible says it's about what God wants. Yeah. About God's will. Right. For your life, right. it's, it's different, a different different perspective. Now, according to Barna, the shift away from the biblical worldview to secular worldviews like postmodernism, Marxism, secular humanism, and modern mysticism in particular is most clearly reflected in our values. 
citing research he had conducted with historian David Barton, commonly held values in colonial America, that means in the United States many years ago, included, these were the values back then, civic duty, hard work, humility, faith, family, moderation, and the rule of law. Now, the prevailing values in America today are much different. They are, or people talk about acceptance, comfort, control, entertainment, entitlement, experiences, expression, freedom, and happiness. What a change. <laughs> This shift in values has facilitated, obviously, a change um, in morality, unfortunately. Wow. Now, since, 19, since the 1990s, the predominant worldview in America has been postmodernism. Yeah which is a secular, secular worldview that opposes biblical truths. The question I want to leave with you, Luke 18, verse 8, in the words of Jesus, When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? The implicit answer is, not much. And the purpose of this question that Jesus asked is not to condemn or criticize the last generation, but to encourage us to self-examine our relationship with God. Amen. Unless America experiences a steady increase in people reflecting a biblical worldview in their lives, America's future is more, like, more likely to resemble that of nations characterized by moral and behavioral chaos, says Munsell, who is also an associate professor of political science at Arizona Christian University. Um, so the fact that fewer than one out of five born-again adults hold a biblical worldview highlights the extensive decline of core Christian principles in America over the last several decades, according to Barnard as well. And the same thing happens in Australia, I'm pretty sure. The disturbing results from this new research emphasizes um, the importance of carefully and intentionally developing the biblical worldview, especially among younger people. Now the question is, and I'll leave you with this question, what will you do about it, dear parent, dear teacher, Dear minister, dear dear leader. Yeah. Thank you for thank you so much for sharing, Pastor Ricardo. It's a very sobering start to the beginning of our week uh, here on Drive Time BQ and A, where we're talking about this idea of a biblical worldview. Um, I know you had a lot more to share, Pastor Ricardo, but we're going to have to leave it there because our time has Thanks run out. I uh, just want to, uh, again, just want to say to all of our listeners out there, we're going to continue this theme with the rest of our Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A team, continuing with the theme, How Reasonable is a Biblical Worldview? And so tomorrow, please don't miss our show tomorrow. we got Gary and Brenton. Uh, they'll be looking at the particular question, how do we actually get the Bible? Um, so they're going to be unpacking that question for us tomorrow. So our time's up for today. Um, we hope that you will be able to join us tomorrow and for the rest of this week. But for now, we just want to leave you with a promise from the words of Jesus Christ found in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God bless you and we'll see you next time. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I
chasing God that spins things in orbit Runs to the weary, the worn and the weak And the same gentle hands that hold me when I'm broken They conquer death to bring me Yeah.